Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hi, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero. And we're comedians and we're married and we're happy. And we have a lot of calls today, people who have asked for our advice. Let's do that again. Why? Because you like burped in the middle. No, I didn't. You're like, I we have a lot of calls today. <laughs> Hi. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That felt like a good intro. How you doing, Tosh? I'm good. Let's, uh, let's discuss the State of the Union. It's been a trying few weeks. Moshe's, uh, he keeps saying he's looking for a way out. Well... <laughs> Not of the marriage, but just of our particular circumstances right now, which is that Natasha, in her infinite wisdom, has scheduled, and I am not kidding, she had her father and his wife come for a week, two weeks ago, which was, that was nice. Then the day he left, her sister came, and that was nice. And then the day she left, her mother came, and it With is her nice. husband. So it has been an, it will be in total three straight weeks of Legero action in our house. That seems excessive. Well, I thought just do it all in one month. And I realized that is a bad idea. <laughs> do it over the course of 12 months, sprinkled in, <laughs> seems like a better plan. Sorry, honey. Oh, it's okay. I mean, I do love your family, but boy. But part of being in a relationship is having someone be there with you when you're hanging out with your family. Not for three weeks. Straight. <laughs> That's never been part of a relationship. But then you have seven months off. Then again, you are Italian, so I guess I'm just lucky that none of your parents live in our house screaming upstairs about the marinara. What did my mom's husband say to you today? He's like, Moshe, oh do you like olive oil? He's like, do you I, like linguine? I swear to what God, what about garlic? It's because I think he's like Italian and thinks that like Jews don't I'm like Jew, garlic. I must be like some sort of exotic creature that only sucks matzo balls for sustenance. <laughs> it was so funny though. Do you like garlic? Do you like olive oil? What do you think of linguine? Yeah, dude, I like all of them. I'm a regular human being. I like pasta with garlic and olive oil. But then they were like, do you eat shrimp? And you're like, no. That is true. And then they were like, okay, so what can we make? My annoying Jew <laughs> Jewish ways did come up. Like, well, I don't eat shrimp. <laughs> Honey, you're a trooper. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, it's my pleasure. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I would just want to be a few less people. I know. It's hard. But your mother did move here. That is true. My mom does live and four how many minutes away. blocks away does she live? Not, not enough for you, but too many for me. No. No. Not enough for you. No, I like it. You love it's your good. mom being close by. Although she did just, my mom's deaf. I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, so she's never going to hear an episode of this podcast. But oh, she, yeah. They don't transcribe podcasts, do they? We're kind of, this is like a free zone. Yeah. So fuck you, mom. <laughs> but um, she did just get a new hearing dog, like a highly trained, they spent like six months and thousands of dollars training this dog to like alert her when there are noises. And they flew it to her from Colorado. And there's a trainer that was like with them for two days. And it's like this big deal. And she's like, you got to just bond with it. It was all these rules. And then finally. And they've been working on this dog for like, uh, we've so been getting long. updates for almost a year. For a year. And I went over to the house the other day and they're like, please knock on the door so that Pebble alerts <laughs> your mother. 
And I was like, okay. And I knocked on the door and then looked in the window and Pebbles just sitting there like a big <laughs> dumb dog. He's like, doing nothing. And my mom's just like unaware that the my stepdad finally just got up and opened the door. So Pebble. Sneak in here. Pebble, I hope that you yeah, for get your shit together. Get your shit together, Pebble. Because uh, my stepdad's done being my mom's hearing dog. The State of the Union, Natasha, how's our relationship? Is it good? I mean, as long as you're here with me while my family's here, I feel really good. The State of the Union is good. And it'll all be over with in seven days. Let's take some calls to try to forget our own problems and focus on some other people's problems. So we're going to call Pablo in the UK. It's four in the morning there, but he is waiting for us. Hello? Pablo? Hello, yes. Pablo. It's Natasha and Moshe. How are you? Um, Very well, very well. Good. Um, Thanks for picking up. Uh, that's all right. You are the the most polite, according to form, British motherfucker I have ever <laughs> talked to in my life. Well, I, I like nothing but enforcing stereotypes. So if I can do that, then uh... Uh, no, no, you're coming through in spades, my friend. Um, so Pablo, we we got your question, and first of all, I want to tell you our dog's name is Pablo. Yeah, so this does feel like we're doing some healing of our own. Oh, I'm pleased to be, be a namesake, uh, namesake for a canine. That's always a, a positive thing. Where are you from? You're not from He's England. from Ireland, it sounds like. No, what is it? No, is no, no. I'm, well, I'm, I'm from the northeast of England. The, the general assumption in most places around the world is that there's, there's only really posh English or Cockney. And, and there are other places in the UK. So I'm from the northeast coast of England. So I've been to Norfolk. Kind of is that close to where you're from? Uh, well, Norfolk, no, that's, that's kind of, well, this is where I show my shock and geography knowledge. I think it's kind of a, b- a bit further south. But uh, if you kind of think the House Stark in Game of Thrones, it, Hadrian's Wall, which is wh- where the uh, the wall is based on, is just up the road from me. So. so, Pablo, you wrote your question that you haven't had sex with your wife since she fell pregnant with your first <laughs> child seven years ago. It but, sounds like she, she got into an accident. Yeah, my condolences on <laughs> her contracting that illness. It, is that a British way of saying it? Yeah. Fell pregnant? That actually, that's how it feels like. It's like you got like the dropsy or something. Like <laughs> your, your, you know, your body's about to shut down. Well, I, I've never really considered it, but I suppose it, it's possibly a kind of a polite British way of saying um, getting like uh, ca- caught out in a, uh, um, I don't know, a... Uh, Knocked up. N- non, yes, knocked up. Yeah, well, there, um, there there is the thought that pregnancy is the ultimate sexual transmitted disease. It's incurable. It, it never ends. It's expensive well, to treat. It's symbiotic as well, so it's one of the worst ones. Pablo, tell us your situation. Um, as as I said in the my message, not necessarily nymphomaniacs in any if any degree, but um, we had a healthy enough sex life, and then basically we had our first child. Decided to, to try and have children. And realised, you know, um, thankfully, after years of uh, using uh, protection, which you know I, I very much uh, condone the use of, because as soon as we stopped using protection and decided to try to have a baby, we were successful on the first occasion. Um, Wait, first time out? So, first time out. Yeah. Well, that's that start um, come. You got that wolf come, man. You got the well, dire wolf it, come. Yes, yes, uh, my dire seed. Um, but yeah, it. Um, so yeah, and basically after that, with the pregnancy and the like, with Attempted, but it was quite the um, with the, the first child, it was quite it was an all right pregnancy, but a difficult birth. And with our second child, it was a difficult pregnancy and an all right birth. So, 
um, just for whatever reasons in between kind of sex fell off the, the radar um, and basically stayed that way until after, like a few years after the first child was born. And then the, the, the missus wanted to see about maybe, oh, we'll, we'll have to be nice to have them closest together. Um, and then yet again, proven our, our joint fertility, we kind of decided to try and then fell pregnant straight away again. So um, your yeah, wife is fertile. Well, yes, yes. I would like to think I'm just a, a, a very virile man. I, um, I can. I feel like you. Had a part to play. I feel like you are, Pablo. I can hear it. right now. I'm feeling pregnant just listening to you. It, it's the only way to justify my uh, early boldness. Uh, I went bold in my twenties, so uh, I can just say it's, it's down to my uh, potent masculinity. Oh, cool! So you have like incredibly hairy balls, but no hair on your head. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Incredibly hairy blue balls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not so sophisticated after all, are you, Pablo? So how long has it been since you've had sex? Um, well, I'd say my youngest is two. Um, just two and a half gestation period on nine months. So, yeah, so probably, probably best part of three years. Wow. Since you've even had sex? I like that you pretended that you didn't quite know the amount because I know you have a calendar... <laughs> And underneath the calendar, there's like little hash marks like Papillon waiting to escape from prison. So three years, well, Pablo. I mean, yeah, I'm, well, I'm kind of in a, a state of enforced asexuality, so I try not to think about it too much. Wow. But that's not asexuality. Asexuality is not not getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> well, they enforce, you know. Sure. It's, uh, okay, can I ask you a sensitive well. question, Pablo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you try good. to initiate some sex? Uh, I did used to... Um, well, I, I was trying to be very cautious because obviously, you know, the reasons behind not necessarily being as into it at the uh, after birth or, or during, uh, well, obviously not directly after birth. I'm not an animal, um, but uh, you know, I, I was very sensitive to you know body issues, etc. But uh, you know, I broached the subject. We'd, we'd try, we'd sometimes get a little bit hot and heavy, but then it would be a case of oh no, I'd, I'd rather not type of thing. Um, and then after a while, I kind of. You know, I, became less and less the case and as I say with it being a, a few years now it's just uh, well well Pablo I try on my birthday but <laughs> what he is tried that? on his birthday and nothing on your birthday <laughs> Pablo uh, no well I'd say these days well aside from just the general constants of having two children it um I, I, to be honest I think if it was possibly laid on a plate for us I, I would have the energy Wait a minute. What happened on your birthday, though? What, did you get anything? Did Did you get a lo- like a intimate hug? Uh, yeah, well, probably. I'm trying to think. Um, a very sensual yeah, handshake. No, no. I, well, no, I think that's that's the other problem as well. Because obviously, celebrations wise, you know, we'll get the opportunity for the kids to be babysat. We'll, we'll be straight out to the to the pub and just imbibe as much booze as possible within a shorter time frame as we've got so more often than not even though it could potentially be on the card by the time we get back home it might not uh, be consensual well well i'm sure it'll be consensual in any consensual in any situation but i think no pablo one of us has to be conscious (laughs) no pablo nobody's questioning whether or not you respect (laughs) consent because you haven't gotten laid in three and a half years <laughs> you definitely have a healthy relationship with consent. <laughs> Wait, Pablo, I have an important question. Do you and your wife get along apart from sex? Do you like? Do you feel like there is a nice, fun connection still? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and I think that that's, that could partly be the problem. I mean, not saying that 
your best friends who have sex regularly hate each other but yeah we've kind of fallen they're kind of we're we're partners within the business of rearing children and that, that's kind of like what we're doing but we're you know we're we're, we're more team workers than um you know groin knockers well one thing i've noticed with raising a child and having sex is that you know i think a lot of times my husband moshe will want to have sex like at one in the morning and i'm really tired you know and so but i don't have the problem with respecting a no the same way you do (laughs) just kidding everybody (laughs) but you know sometimes i think you know when the babies are napping in the day that might be a better time to initiate But you probably both work isn't that right But on saturday or sunday maybe yeah is there like a day off yeah what about that when the kids are down and it's a weekend pablo what you're saying when you do try to initiate she's not really interested still yeah, well, uh, I say, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know all parents will feel the same, but our, our kids are, are, are especially hyper. Um, they're just constantly on the go from when they get up to when they go to sleep. So more often than not, by the time we get the kids down to sleep and settle down to have something to eat and, you know, we'll stick the telly on or something. And within, you know, within about 20 minutes, one of us will fall asleep. And then you kind of wake up at half three in the morning on the sofa and it's kind oh, do you want to come to bed? And, you know, it's either, you know, you both go up and just fall spark out straight away or one of you stays on the sofa or you both just, yeah. So it, it just, it just kind of, I don't know, just dropping energy levels. Got it. Way. Wait, so you need... And that's real. I mean, I, I feel it. You need more than 20 minutes? Because 20 minutes, I've done it four times. Well, well that's it. To be honest, I, I, I don't think um, setting time aside would necessarily be the problem. I'm with, just uh, saying at three and a half years, you need you need 20 seconds. You'd be in and out. Well, that's you, it. You, to be honest, I'd be concerned if I brush up against it too closely. It <laughs> could be an implosion. He needs to get her excited, though. Yeah, full fair. I mean, well, here's here's what I think. I, I think that... If, I mean, if... if oh, could go ahead. Go ahead, what? I was going to say, if, if you were a woman, I would say you have to divorce him. Oh, well, I mean, I, I you guys are in love, right? That's the problem, isn't it? Well, that's it. And I think we, we've always got on very well and, and the likes of us never really been an issue. But as I say, it's just, you know, as, as things are, you, and we've been together for, the, you know, the, the best part of 20 years, I suppose, as well. So... You know, it's 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 something that we've kind of decided to have kids at a certain point. Um, and by that point, we've already been together for quite some time. So we've we kind of fallen into a bit of a habit. And, and I think just having the kids has just kind of enforced that habit. And, yeah. Know. Well, two. I have two thoughts, Pablo. One is that I asked you if you guys are in love and you said you get on very well, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, uh, I, I think you guys probably are pretty deeply in love. But part of the thing about having... Just to clarify, we are... We are British. So we're, 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 we're <laughs> things that we, you know, we, we, we only write down in, uh, you know, Christmas cards and things. So like that. that that's about as affectionate as they get in England. Is uh, do you love me? I get on with you very well. Followed by a brisk handshake. I think that, um, <laughs> but for you, a brisk handshake would cause an ejaculation. So that's uh, that's plenty. Well, quite, quite, quite. Yeah, but followed by quite the quite the gurning facial expressions. <laughs> Uh, I think part of the thing about having children, and you know more than me because you have older kids than we do, is that you're actually enforcing setting habits, falling into habits. That's like a big part of it. In order to maintain your sanity with having children, you have to be like, okay, every day we get up at this time, they're fed this, then they go take a nap, then they go to school, they're on this very particular schedule, and it's it doesn't feel like a rut 
because it's the way that you need to set up life in order to stay sane while having a child. But when you start to apply that kind of habit making into the whole family unit, including the, the two members of the family that are supposed to be having sex, then things can start to feel stale and can start to feel like it's just another chore in your in your fam in your familial duty set. And so I think the secret there's there are two things that you need to do in my opinion uh, is either a break the habit like you just have to break the habit. You have to find a way to change and get out of the habit. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm a support worker for adults with learning disabilities. So you don't have a lot of uh, extra money, is that right? Um, no, um, and um, the missus is a, is a teacher, um, and obviously with my work, I kind of work random shifts and all that, so sometimes we're not necessarily off at the same time, and that's another factor, is if essentially if one of us is off and the other one isn't, then the, the other one's having a like, solo parent, right. so by the time the other one finishes, it's, it's, it's like, oh, you, you take them, I'm going to sleep, type of thing. So. Well, well, regardless of how much extra money you have, what I was going to suggest is that you guys find a, a way to f- get a babysitter just for an afternoon. Or maybe a friend can watch Or a them. friend. Or maybe one of the kids with learning disabilities can come over and watch your children. You can just hope for the best. And you guys get out. Break the habit. Get a hotel room. I know it's expensive and I know it's easy to say, spend that money. But it sounds to me, from where I'm sitting, I don't know you. I'm all the way over here in, in the south of California but like your marriage depends on it because if this keeps going for another seven years, it'll feel it will feel not just like a habit, but it'll feel like a chore. And maybe you can do something that you know she likes, which is you know if it's like a picnic or a uh, flowers or I don't know something to incite a little bit of romance, like what Moshe said to get you out of the ritual of what you do every day. Yeah, well, I mean, luckily, I mean, one thing we do have coming up soon, we've got like a. A wedding to go to where we're, we're hopefully should be able to be staying over and it's away from home and it's, it's somewhere like you have to have sex at that wedding that. pablo you have to well, well that's it. not that's just it. that pablo i think you have to have a conversation with your wife before you go to the wedding i agree where you both agree that you have to have sex at that wedding where it's, <laughs> it's stated and i know you're british and i know that's going to be difficult but steal up you know, sack up, have a, cl- a, a tell her what you need. Have a cup of Earl Grey and just get that message out there. Say I, she's getting off too easy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I appreciate that. And I say I think it, it is one of those things where, like, a, an initial consideration is kind of uh, just falling into a, a certain routine type of thing. But yeah, no, no, definitely. We're, we're I think, uh, I should re reattempt to start that conversation well no it's just it's it's, (laughs) it sounds like a no no but it's just it's just that the habits turn into resentments and then resentments turn into poison and before you know it 12 years from now you guys are drinking from the same well of poison and you're not even in a romance anymore you're in a business partnership where you're you know the board of directors or your two children that are running your life so you gotta crack that habit and if you if she won't if she won't do it then have a conversation with her about, I love you, I want to be with you, but I'm going to go find a, a, a loving sex worker that can take care of my needs and I'll come home and I'll clean the house. And try to do everything that she likes, like, you know, make sure you're clean or, you know, make sure that there's like, you know, you smell good and, you know, you're wearing something that she's complimented you before. And Yeah, put on, you know? like, a, put on like the skin of a dire wolf and come in and scream, how Stark will live forever. That's, 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 a, that's a strong 
from planet. Pablo, you're a nice guy and you're very respectful and you seem like a really good dad and husband. And I think I that agree. you can do this. And I think that you should check back with us after this wedding. I, I love this. I agree with Natasha. I think you're a sweet man that loves your family and your wife dearly. And you just, you have needs and she has needs and you guys just aren't uh, operating on on those needs or operating on the needs of the family unit, not on the needs of your own intimacy. Because remember, the the family unit came after the love unit. And that's what I call myself, the love unit. That's what I called myself through college. <laughs> Pablo, before we let you go, will you commit to Natasha and I that you will talk to your wife about wanting to have sex with her at this wedding before you guys go? And you don't have to make too big of a deal out of it, too, because you don't want it to be too much pressure. I don't mean, yeah, I don't mean throw down the gauntlet and say, fuck me or else, although that you probably have a literal gauntlet considering where you live. I'm saying talk about it because I just think that oxygen is the best disinfectant. I made that up. I made that saying up right now. Uh, No one's ever said that before. And I think that talking about things unsaid are things that turn calcify and turn into poison. And if you say it, then you're definitely fucking. Will you do it, Pablo? Will you have that conversation? No, definitely. You know, I think the, the added bonus and with, with my general, um, you know, in, inherent anal retention, it, it's a couple of months away for the wedding. So it, it's definitely ample time to be able to uh, kind of build myself up to building up to broaching the subject of potentially probably having, having sex at a wedding. Oh, yes. Beautiful. <laughs> wow. What courage. Also, as you build up your courage for um, having the conversation, perhaps you could build up your stamina by going into the bathroom and masturbating, I would say four times a day until that wedding because <laughs> the last thing you want is to get in that wedding suite and then be like, I'm done. And she's like, well, that was the mattress. <laughs> Natasha, any final messages for Pablo? Um, I just think that you have to say it because then if she still doesn't have sex with you, then you might need to like address something more, you know, a little more seriously address it. A man does not live on parenting alone. Yes. True, true. So, so what you're saying is basically if I say it, she might display it. <laughs> That's not at all what we're saying. We would never say something that's like good, that. That's good though, Pablo. If you say it, she may splay it. Wait, that's the that's the on the banner of the house Stark, correct? Winter is C Winter is C U M M I N G. Okay, Pablo, well, you need to get yeah. some sleep. I know it's four in the morning there. Yeah. So thank you for taking our call. Yeah, and r- rub try one to out. spoon with your wife tonight. Yeah, rub one out. I, I will do, and I'll be thinking of both of you. Oh, very nice, Pablo. Okay, and let us know what happens. <laughs> we'll be thinking of your hairy balls tonight. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be less blue in a few months. <laughs> Amen. Okay, bye. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. And now it's time for... Fact. Frequently. Asked questions. questions. Fack off, everybody. Fack off. Yay, fack off, mate. Okay, so these are some questions we've called from the internet, and I'm curious, Moshe, what you would think of this first one. Okay, so these are I the, have a very strong opinion on it. We've trolled through the internet finding people's questions, Yahoo questions, some user-submitted questions, and some fun facts. ones. Some facts. Less fact. So, Moshe, do you think sexting slash sending nude photos to someone else is considered cheating? uh what do you think i hope you haven't done this what do you think yes you think that's cheating i don't think it's cheating but i think it's definitely like a huge red flag 
I once heard somebody say anything you wouldn't tell your partner about is cheating, which I, I, I don't know if it's cheating. Well, what do you, let me, I, I've played this game out before. What do you think of do it? Do you send girls pictures of no, your No, dick? no, But let me ask you this. I was, I just, I just had this the argument in a writer's room. Do you think watching porn is cheating? No. Okay, of course not. But I will Some tell you this. Some people do, by the way. Some people do. Right. Well, well hold those on. People let me, are weird. Let me do my thing all the way out. Do you think watching porn is cheating? No. Do you think watching a woman do a webcam show on the internet, on a porn site, but it's actually, you're seeing her stream of her dancing naked. Is that cheating? I don't think it's cheating, but I think it's weird. Or not weird, is but I think weird? it's... porn weird? No, no. I'm, weird is the wrong word. I'm sorry. I, I think it's like a bad sign. No, do wait. Do which, which thing? To be watching a live woman who's interacting with you. I didn't say interacting yet. Oh, I'm trying okay. to do a whole game. Okay. Interact. Okay. Is so- porn weird? No. Is watching a stream of a woman, but it's not just a video clip, it's her stream. That's is, okay. Is clicking in the dialogue box, oh, um, uh, let me see your, your butt, is that? Yeah, well, anything that starts to get into that zone makes me think that, like, that's kind of what you're going to start being preoccupied with sexually. Like, for example, the pictures. If I'm, like, really trying to pose with, like, cool light and get, like, a hot shot on my body and I'm mm. sending it to someone besides you... I don't know. I feel like that's like that's a lot of energy going towards someone else. Here's what I w- And then it starts to feel in the cheating zone. My answer to this question is I do not think that it is cheating, but I do think that it is certainly questionable behavior. Okay, that's fair. All right, let's move on. Okay. My boyfriend gets his eyebrows done. Is he gay? Well, here this is an interesting one. I would say yes. Yeah, well, he is gay and it has nothing to do with his eyebrows being done. I just know the guy. He's gay. Um, Okay, here's a good one. I found out the guy I'm dating is married. He told me his marriage is a business marriage for tax and housing purposes. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is a. I like it because it's a very like creative lie. Well, it definitely works if you're dating someone like less experienced than you. Right. It's just funny for him to like that that vibe of like, oh no no yeah 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 I no I am married I am. You found out about the marriage. Yeah, I am married, but there's actually a very reasonable explanation for it. It's it's for taxes. Wait, Moshe, remember we were out to dinner for my birthday recently in New York, and the guy, the people next to us were on a date, and then slowly we were sitting really close to them. The guy slowly told her that he has a wife and that they have an open relationship, and she was not really into. Oh, that it. was so funny. It was, <laughs> I was hearing the whole conversation, and he goes, "Oh no, I am married," but uh, and she's just like, "What?" And she also kind of sucks. She mentioned, it was a very expensive restaurant. It was my birthday. It was like a very like fancy dinner. Yeah, she mentioned going to your Europe maybe fifteen times during the conversation. So I didn't have a lot of um, sympathy for her. She just kept being like, "Oh well, when I was in Montenegro, well, you know, the thing about the the Alps is." And towards the end of the night, like she kept, she started going like, like their date was over when he said he was married, but that they were in an open relationship, which I didn't believe. She started going like, what do I have to do tomorrow? Yeah. yeah, I do have an early morning. I've got an early morning. I know that move. Uh, I think you should not date that guy anymore. Okay, here's another one. Is it bad to have sex with your friend's brother? Is it bad to have sex with your friend? Oh, so it's not your boyfriend's brother. No, it's like your homie's brother. I think that if you have a connection and your friend's okay with it, it could be cool. What a great sister-in-law. Your best friend. Well, the problem is, what if he has always secretly wanted to fuck you? And then it could create a rift both with you and the brother. 
So what I say is don't do that. Don't get involved in that kind of mess. Fuck their dad. <laughs> okay, here's our last one. Is it weird for a 17-year-old to be friends with a 42-year-old non-relative? <laughs> yes. No, it's all good. You think it's good? No, it's pretty pretty weird. I would say that. that I mean, I don't know. I just like I have a little daughter and like I just think anyone who's like really excited to hang out with my daughter, I'm just like Well, she's 17 months. <laughs> No, so she's actually 14 months. That'd be a little weird if there was a 22-year-old that was like, I'm just here to hang out with your daughter. No, no, no. Don't even trip. We're friends. <laughs> and then they start singing the Elmo song together. <laughs> I love you. You That's love Barney, me. Babe. Oh, yeah, Barney. Well, our daughter started singing that damn song, and I thought it was so cute. And she, then oh, yeah, Natasha, the nanny taught it to Natasha's her. Natasha's like, the nanny taught her a song. It's so beautiful. I and then and then my friends were like oh that's barney no they go they told you they go they go don't get your kid into barney i was like oh i would I never would never let her listen to that i would <laughs> never she's got this song she didn't even need that because she's singing the song right now and they're like bitch that's barney that barney okay hi there is alcohol an excuse for cheating on a partner He's cheated on me five different <laughs> occasions, and it was because he was drinking. <laughs> Here's the bad news. Yes, it is a very good excuse, and that's why anytime you drink, you can, w- with impunity, cheat on your wife, and no one can say anything. It's a classic truth. This has, this has divorce, divorce vibes. I mean, this is like a big, a big issue, I would say. That was a good segment. Say that at the end of every good segment. Well, I just want to move on. Okay. Now let's give a call to Ariel and Tom, 28 years old, living in Denver, and they want some advice on how to plan an interfaith wedding. Which we had, so this should be easy for us. Well, we well, had, actually, we didn't. I converted for you. Yeah, we had a <laughs> Jewish wedding, and I forced you to leave your faith. <laughs> Ariel? Hi. Hi, this is uh, Rabbi Kasher calling. <laughs> Hi. Are, is Tom on the phone too? Hey, how's it going? Now, Tom, Tom, this, this, uh, this does not sound like a Jewish name, this Tom. Wait, is Ariel Jewish? No, I'm assuming she is. I'm Jewish. The only people yeah. that ask about Bye. interfaith weddings are Jews that are marrying non-Jews. <laughs> you never get a, well, I'm a Presbyterian and he's a Baptist, so how do we get through this? That's fair. That yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom, I we actually know why you aren't converting to Judaism because we I converted to Judaism and it was almost ninety eight percent women in the class because all men converting need to do a circumcision. Which is why historically Judaism has been largely converting women through throughout the ages. So, Tom, we understand your choice. (laughs) And even if you are circumcised, you have to do a ritual one. That's true. Even if you've already been cut, Tom. You still have to have a rabbi just jab your dick with a needle. <laughs> Bad news. There's, there's an extra problem with it. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, so there's like extra dick things that I don't think he was ready for. Oh, yeah? Well, what's that? <laughs> what's the extra dick thing? Uh, I'm moving on. Okay. Uh... Ariel, Tom, you guys are getting married. When are you getting married? September. And Tom, are you a religious person? 
Not particularly. Your family is really My religious. family is, but I'm not. Got it. And what about you, Ariel? Are you a religious Jew in any way? We're we're pretty religious. Like I grew up in a pretty conservatively Jewish household. Tom, I have some thoughts. Stay out of our gene pool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I Here's the thing about Jewish weddings. Since you're not religious, now if you were religious, I would create a new problem for me because you'd want to respect your own faith. But because you're not religious and your wife-to-be is, forget, forgetting the fact that Judaism is a, is a superior and supreme religion to Christianity, which it is, uh, but leaving that aside, we, yeah. leaving that aside, Jewish weddings, I, sw- st- I swear to God, they're so much more fun and so much better structured than Christian or secular weddings. They're just fun. They're more, every time I go, to, I go to a Jewish wedding with non-Jewish friends, they're like, this is awesome. I want to be a Jew now. And it just seems so simple. Just do find the most wishy-washy, like a super liberal, not hardcore female rabbi in Denver who does interfaith weddings and just have a fucking Jewish wedding. Have her shout out your family. Read something from the Christian Bible. Wait, hold on. What religion is your family, Tom? Episcopalian. Oh, they're not even hardcore. And a little Catholic. Oh, that's that's not good. Well, one thing our rabbi did, we were planning a Jewish wedding, but he was very into my Italian Catholic family feeling involved. So he was, he had, a, what was it? He had like an Italian, he had some words written out in Italian for my dad to read. So my dad could kind of feel like involved. You know, you can have, it doesn't have to be strict. Maybe you could do the horror. The horror is definitely fun. Like, And also, I can just tell you guys have like a great time together. You seem like you're having fun just even on the call. So it's like you guys are clearly like going to have a cool relationship. You seem like you really enjoy each other. So maybe you can honor both religions. Somehow. Well, let me ask you that, Tom. How important is it for you to have Christian elements at the wedding? It's... um. It's not the it's not the religious part. It just makes that like my family. He's, it's is important to his family. Represented as well. Totally. Would it feel represent? Listen, this sounds. I, I hate the fact that I'm a Jew saying you should just do do a Jewish wedding. But uh, but <laughs> would it make your family feel included or alienated if one of the things in the traditional Jewish wedding ceremony is this thing called the seven blessings, the sheva brachot, and there are seven different widgets of participation. That uh, people that seven different people can be a part of the ceremony. Now you don't have to do the actual blessings because those can feel a little bit overtly religious. But each blessing has a different theme, and so you know you could do a reading or you can call. Would that be enough to you and your family if you brought them up and brought them into the ceremony, or does it need to feel like you don't want them to feel like why did this woman come in? Why did this Ariel woman come into Tom's life and push all of her traditions on him? That could be interesting. I've never heard of that before. I, even in like the one, Jew, they, the Jewish wedding you we went to, they didn't do that. Well, that was, so my, my dad came to me and was like, if we don't do the seven blessings, it's not even a Jewish wedding. And that's what he, my dad wanted to read it. Okay. Um, but, but would your, would your dad, Ariel, be open to like Tom's family, maybe taking a few of the blessings and doing their version of it? That's a really good idea. That's interesting. Listen, we do this. We have this podcast for a reason, you guys. And also, I would like to suggest one thing that we did as well, which I think took some of the heat off of my Christian family, is we did the 
we had our uh, wedding in my yard, in our yard, but maybe like an outdoor ceremony so you can get away from the synagogue. That's an awesome idea. Versus the church. That's a really good idea. And then idea. it's just a, a, even if you have to go to the beach, I don't know, you guys live in Denver, there's, there's so, so many much, beautiful. so much beautiful stuff. You could go into the woods, into a, into a, a beautiful place in, in the Colorado and have it out there so there's no trappings of religiosity surrounding. It'll almost feel like a hippie wedding, but it'll, it'll be able to honor Ariel, Ariel's faith without the kind of overt symbology of Judaism behind you. Like at, my, at our wedding, what I wanted to do was I wanted us both to be dressed in sackcloth and to be, to be lamenting the, the injustices that have occurred to the Jewish people. And Natasha talked me down from that. We, we remember we were going to have ours in a in a train car. It does but, sound though that Ariel, you need to talk to your family and explain to them that it's very important to be inclusive to Tom's family because you are, you know, if if because I'm sure it's important for your father, Ariel, for a rabbi, some sort of rabbi, to marry you. Is that right? Yeah, they. Um, we were kind of floating, trying to get someone that's just important to us and leave kind of just leave the religious part out of it. And my parents and especially my dad has been like, no, if you don't have a rabbi saying it, there at least needs to be a rabbi stand, like present, whether he's Around. standing in the back. I don't know. Well, I mean, and that's, um, and honestly, as we all know, the most important player in any wedding is uh, the bride's father. That's really important <laughs> to make sure he's, his needs are met. Uh, definitely want to put those paramount. But here's the good news about Judaism is that, first of all, I hate to break it to you, Ariel, you guys grew up in a conservative Jewish family. A conservative Jewish rabbi won't marry you guys anyway, unless Tom converts. So that's out. And, oh, that, really? and that's really, but that's beautiful and awesome, because that means you're automatically in the reform category. Uh, the reform rabbis, will they do interfaith weddings, and they're automatically going to be less over the top with religious stuff. It's already going to almost feel like you hired a shaman anyway so <laughs> so find a, a really really progressive reform rabbi that will that, make your dad happy because they are still will make, jewish they probably keep shabbat totally they, they and they'll make your dad happy and then tom they'll make your family happy too because they'll be so open to bringing your family into it and whatever it whatever you know fake uh, rituals that uh, aren't as good as Jewish rituals, they'll maybe even put some of those into the ceremony. Well, that that's who you can talk to about the seven blessings, and they can figure out a, a creative way to make Tom's family feel heard and a part of it. Yeah, the beautiful part is a reform rabbi has done a million interfaith weddings, and they will have strategies. Just make sure you find the right one, not corny. A lot of them are corny. Just make sure you find a good one. Uh, yeah, I guess that. We forget that we're not the first people in the world to have this problem. Totally. And so we, Even it feels like, right, the, a rat, that rabbi will have already figured out how to do this. We don't need to come up with it. But, to, but it's also, it's a dialogue too, because, you know, like, Tom, where's your family from? What's your ethnic background? I mean, I can tell you're unbelievably white, but like, what kind of white? <laughs> <laughs> I, it gets whiter. I grew up on Cape Cod. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, maybe, I mean, God, I can't believe I'm about to suggest this, but maybe you have like like lobster rolls as the catering, just so it doesn't feel like it's Moshe all... wouldn't let us have lobster, I will say. That's true. But, I'm, you know, you guys are doing an interfaith wedding and, you know, it's all about... Maybe in the food you could have some exactly. like fun... It, it's all about honoring Tom's family where you can while, while keeping... But Ariel's dad might not want lobster at the wedding. What is this lobster? Oh, no, he loves lobster. Oh, oh great. There's... Yeah. 
there's certain lines that he'll cross. He loves seafood. And <laughs> Actually, I got a really good idea. Are you guys ready for this? This is a great idea. I can't believe you didn't say this, Natasha. Do the wedding outside, okay? So don't do it in a synagogue. Okay. Outdoor wedding. Uh, uh, get a really nice reform rabbi. Dress theme of the wedding. Cape Cod casual. I'm not kidding. <laughs> At our wedding, I we bust out the sucker tux, I guess. seriously. What did, what was our wedding? Our a croquet casual. We had croquet casual, and it created this like everyone look. Everyone wore like a like a cute pink bow tie. It was so great. It was just awesome. The whole the all the pictures were awesome, and it's a way to make the whole wedding about your side of the family, Tom, while not angering um, the jealous Hebrew God Jehovah, who will come down and smite <laughs> both of you if you don't step on a glass at the end of the thing. He's definitely meaner, um, <laughs> but realer, and that's what counts. Right. <laughs> no, that's actually that's a fun right. So they get to feel like I'm wearing something that represents me. Oh, that person's talking Hebrew is fine. Exactly, a dress code is fun. Exactly, the whole ceremony is about Tom's family, but then actually, it's a trick, and the whole ceremony is about your family, which is actually. We're trying from the tricky Jew vibe? No, no, no. That's it's a it's an ancient Jewish tradition, which is to come in like we're cool and friendly, and at the very last minute, be like, "Ha ha, you're in our clutches now." Bamboozled again. <laughs> well, you guys sound like you're gonna have a fun life, and uh, let us know what happens. No, but seriously, find the right rabbi. Honestly, if you need uh, uh, me to find you a good rabbi in Denver, I have rabbis in my family, and I can find a good one for you. Don't go with a cornball. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, we don't even... The only rabbis I know, right, are the conservative ones. So. E- email, yeah. email, yeah. email the email... Uh, what is it? Endless Honeymoon? Pod. Pod at gmail.com if you really want me to make that connection for you, and I will. Okay, thank you so yeah, much. Cool. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate it. Cape Cod Casual, good Outdoor luck. Wedding, good luck. Tom, you thank got lucky. You. you got one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for talking to us okay bye bye guys bye. so natasha what have we learned today um we've learned i've learned that we have a pretty good relationship compared to the people who are calling you <laughs> <laughs> some of them we learned that it's important to have sex with your partner even after you have kids and that people in the north of england have hairy balls and our bald head did. And also, so, Natasha, tell your girlfriend or a spouse that you love them. You burped again. <laughs> you did. You guys, listen to it. Uh, email endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com if you heard either of the burps in this broadcast. Uh, we also learned that Hannah deserves to be told that she is appreciated and loved. And that I'm making plans for a rendezvous with her. She's like, all these men keep telling me I look attractive. I bet she is hot. She sounded hot. And finally, we learned that Judaism is the superior religion, at least when it comes to weddings. That is true, actually. It is true. Who doesn't want to get raised on a chair in like a fun dance? If you've never been to a Jewish wedding, you owe it to yourself. I've been to so many Jewish weddings that I finally, like one time I went to a wedding and it was like, do you so-and-so take so-and-so to be your lawfully wedded wife? And I was like, whoa, they really do this? I've only seen this in movies. Like I've never seen a, a like one of those straight up traditional ones. I like anyway. the Jewish relig- the Jewish uh, wedding so much that I actually wanted to do an old fashioned Jewish wedding for our wedding. Like I wanted all the old right. 
Natasha was obsessed with like all the like kind of even obscure. Like we had sex right after the ceremony. Right after they broke the glass, we went inside and had sex while our parents kind of hung out. Well, old school tradition is that you know that when really religious Jewish couples will get married, they it'll be the the moments after their wedding is the first time they've ever been close to each alone together ever. In fact, um, we're watching the show right now called Shitzel on Netflix, and it's good, but it's all about these like Hasidic dating rituals and like it's really true the way they date. This is true. In the really Hasidic Jewish world, they meet at a hotel lobby because it's a public Oh, area. that's always what they do? It's kind of like, not always, but it's kind of like that is the ritual. They'll meet in a hotel lobby for a drink. They'll have a drink. If they're compatible, they'll have one more drink. And if they are compatible after the other drink, they get married. What? Straight up. Really? Isn't that crazy? Well, it's funny on this show because the older men, like this this rabbi, the young rabbi who's looking for a wife... The father keeps telling him since this girl has a child and has been divorced, even though she's Hasidic, he's like, she's like a spit up piece of food. She's like an old kugel. She's like, <laughs> she's like a disgusting piece of like everyone just keeps saying all these terrible ways to describe this poor woman just because she's like used, I guess. Yeah, but it's in, not a very open religion. You're right. In secular society, everybody's clamoring to marry a woman with a child. <laughs> They're just like, mm, 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 get me in there. Did you say a widow? I'm in. I mean, she's young and hot. I agree. I'm just saying it's not only Judaism that okay. is has weird attitudes about, uh, you know, a, a past, let's say. Have the, a Jewish wedding if you can. The world is filled with sexism and terrible things. Do you think you could marry a man if we weren't married, let's say, if I died? Oh, God, you'd be so sad. Wouldn't you be so sad if I died? I would. I would. I would probably find someone else. But I would. Whoa. Be sad. Okay, that was quick. Would you marry a man with like a couple kids? Sure. Really? Let's say our kid wasn't in the picture. You. So you're a single woman. You have no kids. You meet a man. He's like, here are here are Thomas, Tobias, and Lorne. Totally. You'd marry them. I mean, unless it was like a bad vibe and they didn't like me, I wouldn't care. Uh, I think I'd be freaked out. I think that's a perfect way to get more kids. All right. Fair enough. I'll die. <laughs> well, Natasha, the time has come for us to wrap it up. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening and let us know your questions. We'll give you a call. Yeah. Email the endless honeymoon pod at gmail.com or you can call our phone number to leave a question. And we're actually opening things up a bit. It's not just a relationship question. It's also maybe you're single and you need some dating advice or you need some sex advice. Anything under the umbrella of love and relationships, we are here for you. And also, you can call our regular voicemail and you can anonymously leave a secret, something that you've never told anyone, and we will listen to it live on the air and we will make fun of it or we will talk about it. But it's a way for you to get something off your chest in an anonymous way and it will be very freeing for you. So, so give us a call at 213-222-8608. That's 213-222-8608. You can also email us a secret if you don't even feel comfortable with your voice being on the voicemail, but we'd prefer it if you left the voicemail. So email us, call us, get on the show. We love you. And Natasha? Yes, I love, I you, love you. I love you too, honey. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 